0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to an episode of Stories That Shape Us. My name is Tim Black, and I've been spending time with people over the last few months just hearing some stories. And I think they've been quite an interesting reminder that we're all working and involved in God's story. And that as he steps into our lives, he brings the change and um, moves us in ways that uh, only he can do. And often he has used Scripture Union in, in ways to, to move us according to his will. Um, stories have been quite interesting to hear, actually, and to, to see how he uses different ways. Um, for some, it's a camp. For some, it's a holiday club. Um, and for some, it's something totally different as he works and leads us to himself. So we're all part of God's story. In many ways and he just steps into our story in ways that brings glory to himself. Today I have an opportunity to sit with Viv de Klerk and just chat with her. Um, it's a cold rainy blustery day in Cape Town today. Um, we are supposed to be heading into spring it doesn't feel like spring but um, we're going to spend time together just chatting and seeing what Viv's story is and how God has moved and stepped into her life in ways that have also brought glory to himself. So, hello, Viv. Thanks for taking the time to join with me this morning and just to have a chat.
1: Sure, Tim. Good to be with you. Thank you.
0: Viv, is, um, I know you've got a, a history with Scripture Union, and actually that continues today as you serve on the KZN uh, Regional Executive. But maybe just if you could get us started by just giving some, some of the backstory of, of your life and uh, sort of how God has moved and stirred you both as a young person and then as you've uh, moved through adulthood. So just take it away. I'm I'm quite keen to find out uh, more about you. So
1: Sure. Thank you, Tim. So, Tim, yeah, I I do have quite a long history with, with Scripture Union. And um, it's been a very wonderful and and blessed um, association. I was uh, born in Swaziland and raised in Mm. Swaziland. And when I was about six or seven, um, I... I mean, I'd always been kind of raised going to Sunday school. My mom was was a Christian. My dad thought he was a Christian, but when I was about six or seven, um, Campus Crusade for Christ workers came to Swaziland, and mm. one of them led my dad to the Lord. Oh, and wow. I can still remember the change in our family. So we started having family devotions and. And my parents were became really sold out um, for the Lord. And I was thinking about it this morning and thinking that even back then, um, my mom gave me the Quest notelets. And um, I'm pretty sure those are Scripture Union notelets, right?
0: <laughs> as far as I know, I'm not positive, but as far as I know, they are.
1: Okay, so there were they were note lists for young people that, that helped you to have your own daily devotional. Hmm. And so from a very young age, I, I started doing that. And then um, when I was eight, uh, Open Doors came to Swaziland and had a mission. And that was where I gave my life to the Lord. I, I can remember at the age of about eight being in... Um, this this mission. It was in an old Methodist church hall and all these young people on the team and speaking about um, the Lord. And I think that that was the first realization that I had, the first sort of sense of knowing that I was unclean, that I, I was sinful. Mm. And um, so that evening, I, I went forward and gave my life to the Lord. But was very fortunate because I was surrounded by a strong Christian family, and um, we had missionaries, you know, from from various groups through our homes um, over over many years. After that. Mm. So yeah, that's I guess where where my spiritual um, journey began.
0: Okay, and you were you're still in Swaziland at this time, is that right? Absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: so how did you end up in South Africa then, Viv?
1: Well, at the age of eleven, I came through to boarding school in the KZN Midlands, mm. I came okay. to, to the girls' collegiate school. It's now the TWC, um, mm. the Wickham Collegiate. Mm. And um, so that was, that was how I came through. Many children in, in Swaziland um, did that. It was just kind of what was done. Mm. And my brothers, um, w- who were both older than me, were already at, at boarding school in the Midlands as well.
0: So then, what did that look like? You're away from home. You've um, you've set, stepped into a school environment in a different country, um, and then you finished. I guess you just continued on in your schooling, going mm-hmm. home on holidays. Is that pretty much it?
1: That's right. Tim. Um, so I was at at boarding school at collegiate for six years, and it was yeah a very interesting and very challenging time to my faith, because i come out of this very Christian environment where, you know, it was, it was exciting. We had um, people from all over the world, lots of American youngsters mm. um, coming in and out of our home from different mission organizations. Mm. And I arrived at Collegiate, and I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that I was the only Christian in my grade at that time. Mm. Um certainly nobody else <laughs> came <laughs> forward to profess, profess Christianity, to, to profess Christ. Mm. And it it was yeah, very challenging. I mean, I for a couple of years used to take my Bible and go and read my Bible in the bathroom because that was the only place that I didn't get mocked. And it, yeah, it was it was quite tough coming from Swaziland. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was also quite well. I was I was younger than my grade because we started school earlier in Swaziland, so I was eleven. Mm. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. far from home. I was younger than everybody else, and I was in quite a hostile um, environment. Um, I was chatting to a friend yesterday, and we were just reflecting on this. And she she said that when she came to Collegiate, was, which was about six or eight months after I did, and she was a Christian, she was a day girl. And um, so the two of us kind of got together. And her comment was that at that time that the school was not a very light place. Hmm. And I think that pretty much summed it up for me in, in my experience of those early days at boarding school.
0: Okay. So what happened then, um, if you speak about a faith journey during that time, how did you continue to move forward in your faith? Did it become dormant? Did it move? Did you grow? What did that look like for you?
1: Actually, Tim, I think it was a very strengthening experience hmm. Um, I I knew the presence and the reality of the Lord. Um, I think even though, you know, most of my classmates thought I was pretty weird. Um, And there were times that I could almost feel the Lord's presence with me, you know, almost like a hand on my back um, Mm. going into a classroom or, or just with me. And I think that um, my faith strengthened because I really only had the Lord to to rely on and depend on. There was an SCA that was active at in the school at the time. Okay. Um, it was very small. Um, I think the year that I went to school, it was it was headed up by Jenny Barker, who's now Jenny Green. <laughs> um, but she left After my first year, and I think that things were, you know, the the student Christian movement was was really small. And I don't don't really remember too much about it in in those first two years. But then, as I said, a couple of months later, towards the end of that year, this friend of mine arrived. And she actually sent me a voice note yesterday and said, she saw me reading something and um, she just, you know, arrived at the school and she saw me reading something and she realized that it was a Bible or, or some Christian material. And she asked me what I was reading and she said, I was very cagey about it. I said, no, 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 no. You
0: know. <laughs> uh, interesting. And
1: she um, said, I, I can see it's something Christian. She said, I'm also a Christian. Mm. And, That was the beginning of of a a lifelong friendship for us. Mm. Um, And she reminded me yesterday that we then got together and started to pray very intentionally for the school. And um, I mean, we were tiny, you know, sort of what 12 years old, (laughs) 11, 12. (laughs) And um, we prayed together for the next couple of years, actually, for Mm. the school.
0: So and and this was a school, you're having chapel probably how often? I mean, I'm sure you had chapel, hey?
1: We did. Um, so we had actually a wonderful Christian headmistress at the time. Okay. And so our chapel, we didn't have a formal chapel at, at collegiate at that time. So we just met in the hall. Hmm. But she always did bring a scripture. Um, she always did talk about the Lord and bring the gospel. And I remember being fed by that, um, but still being pretty alone um in terms of not too many other Christian folk around me
0: interesting so then what what was the uh sort of the next step for you then you're you're at collegiate and moving through grades you're going home on holidays when you can. your family still lives in Swal- lived in Swaziland for
1: all, all, all the time that I was at boarding school.
0: Okay. So then what yeah. happened? What was, uh, what was the next step in your journey?
1: Well, I think that the beginning of the light was, um, I think it was grade six. So, so Tim, we're going back, you know, 40- odd couple years. years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm digging around in my memory of bit. <laughs> but in grade six, I think it was, Michael Cassidy held a mission to Peter Maritzburg. And the school was allowed to go. It was an evening mission. And so we all were allowed to bundle into our uniforms, our number ones, Hmm. and get on a school bus and go off to, um, I think it was called Love Maritzburg. I'm not, I don't really recall.
0: Hmm.
1: But it was a series of evening meetings where he brought the gospel.
0: Interesting. So then was that, instrumental in the spiritual life of the school.
1: It was. Um, I think it was the beginning of, of stirring. Um, mm. Also, at the beginning of, of grade six, a number of new girls came to the school because obviously that was the... This, sorry, when I say grade six, I mean standard six yeah. um, at that time. Mm. Um, so grade eight, it it was the beginning of high school for many girls. Right. So we had an influx of of new girls coming in um, at that time. And I think that coupled with the mission um, started, there was stirrings and working, I think, in in the lives of many of those girls.
0: That's fascinating. So there was an event that God used um, through Michael Cassidy then to start something that ended up, catching fire a bit, it sounds like. And then you had some new people coming as well as uh, high school sort of kicks off. Mm -hmm. So what were some other formative moments for you as you're heading into high school and um, you're meeting new people? Probably lots of things are happening.
1: Um, Well, I think around that time, um, we had a teacher arrive at the school. She was, I think our history, one of the history teachers, Claire Hcheson, and she was a Christian, and she helped um sort of with the the student christian association mm-hmm. and and I mean obviously when i'm I'm talking, I'm very cognizant that I'm talking about my own experience in the school and and within my grade, so mm-hmm. you know girls who were higher up the school or lower down might have had different experiences with, you know, a much lighter um, experience or or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in, I think it was standard eight, so grade 10, um, I became involved in actually heading up the SCA, I think pretty much because there just wasn't really anybody else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't Um, it funny how that often happens?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think um, that Glenda, this this day girl, a friend of mine, Glenda Andrews, and I and Miss Aitchison sort of uh, were quite involved with that and things started to move, I think, because of of the prayer. Um, mm. I, I know Glenda, when I was talking to her yesterday, she said that her parents um, were praying for the school. Mm. And I guess that in the background, my parents were probably praying for, for the school as well. Sure. And for us being, you know, in that situation. You know, having said that, I mean, when – it it sounds like we were very alone. We 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 were alone in our in our spiritual journey, but obviously we had brilliant friends amongst in you know within the school and mm. really you know good friendships and sure. and camaraderie and and all of that, which is part of boarding school.
0: You're moving through. This is grade ten now, um, mm-hmm. standard eight. What are some other formative moments that happened between then and finishing school? So you're, well, you're probably 16 or 17 years old at this point, or I guess you might have been a little bit younger since you you said you were younger in your class.
1: Right. So I, I was 16 through art matric. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, sort of 14, 15, I guess. I think one of the, the things that really helped me was going off to a school home camp in the December, one of the December's, I went to a couple of them, and they were brilliant. Just meeting friends from other schools who were very involved and very committed to the Lord, and those were the days of Pete and Judy Twycross, um, mm. Paul and Lorna Culwick. Um, yeah. Yeah. So mm. really, doing some brilliant teaching, and. I can I can remember some of that teaching, you know, quite clearly um, to this day, and so that that was was just a brilliant experience, a fun experience, and yet also a deep experience.
0: Okay, so then um, what happened? You finished high school, and you're all of sixteen years old. <laughs> you, you matriculate. So, so well, what are your next steps then?
1: Well, Tim to backtrack, um, okay, because. This is the really exciting part. So I think it was in um, grade nine. It, it could have been the end of, of uh, sorry, standard standard nine. Um, we had an SU mission hmm. to the school. And I think that, you know, that was um, the answer to so many prayers that God had gone up for the school. And it was a week um, where Pete and Judy and um, Paul and Lorna, um, Prue, a, a couple of other folk came into the school and ran a week-long mission, hmm. and wow. literally, Tim turned the school on its head. The girls were able to book individual appointments with, uh, you know, any of the SU people. We had them take our assemblies. We had them come in and take our, um, you know, Christian ed. The school literally exploded, wow. and I don't know how many people gave their lives to the Lord, but it was a significant number of people. And what was really interesting to me, um, I was back at the school for one of our reunions. I think it was the twenty fifth or thirtieth reunion. And we were walking around the dorms um, as as a class group. And one of the girls turned around and said, oh, girls, these were the dorms we were in when we all, quote, unquote, got religion. (laughs) And very quietly, this little voice piped up from in the group that said, and some of us have still got religion.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating I, how how those kinds of events, I mean, they're still happening today. I think last year there was another week-long mission at a school in uh, the Midlands that God just moved in miraculous ways. So those are formative times. So what was the result of, of that mission? <laughs> Women got religion, but um, how did that change the school? Did you well, see something? It,
1: change, it changed it profoundly, Tim. Mm. I mean, it, we were all having Bible studies every night together. Wow. There was such a move of the Lord. And I I know that many of those girls who came to the Lord on the, during that week are still walking with the Lord. Mm. And the whole feel of the school became light. You know, it, it, it changed. It, it was a very significant week. What happened um, post that week was that Paul and Lorna Kulwick then came in and started working with this, the SCA. And mm. the numbers exploded. I mean, you know, we went from, from a handful to probably a third of the school wow. um, coming to the SCA. And it it was it was a profoundly different school that I left in Matric to the one that I'd entered in Standard Five.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So you um you matriculated and, and then what was the next part of your journey, Viv?
1: So Tim, um I think because I was so young, um, I headed off to Bible college, to Rosemack Bible College for a year. Okay. In Hannesburg, mm. um, and that was, um, you know, a good grounding year for me. And, in terms of, of content, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was an interesting one because I think I came out of matric, and um, the last two years of school just really on a spiritual high. Um, you know, it, it was it was all heart, and Bible college was kind of became maybe a bit of a head year which yeah you know I've had to to learn to that, that one needs both you know you you, <laughs> yeah. you have to have that relationship with the Lord and and coupled with that the, the knowledge but but yeah that's that was my my um, Bible college year and then I headed down to the University of KZn to hard College hmm. and um, the next four years were spent doing a nursing degree.
0: Your four years there, and you ended up settling in KZN actually. Um, what happened after nursing school? Did you move right into a, a hospital or a clinic somewhere?
1: Um, I didn't. I um, spent <laughs> six, months, <laughs> six months working um, for a GP, and then okay. I headed off, um, to America and worked on Camp Americas um, uh, for a while and spent six months traveling. Um, I came back at the end of that year, I think, again, quite profoundly different, having Mm. spread my wings and and flown across the world and and just experienced God's grace to me in that time in an amazing way. And, um, yeah, then I I came back to South Africa, um, and I was asked to head up a new program, which sounds weird, that it, it didn't always exist because it's so common now. But there was a pharmacist um, in KZN who had this idea of putting a nursing sister in his pharmacy, you know, starting a sort of a community service and, <laughs> and then maybe to expand that. So I was asked to to do the pilot for that and to um, head that up, which I did for a year. Wow. And then um, at the end of that year, one of the big national pharmaceutical chains asked me to take it into all of their stores around South Africa. So that's how nursing services in pharmacies um, started. Wow. <laughs> that's, not you're, a common thing.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. So you were right on the cutting edge of something that's now quite, quite common in almost everywhere you go.
1: Yeah, I was. And and again, you know, that was a journey because um, it didn't come without a bit of a fight, actually. There, mm. there was a, a bit of a tussle between all three professional bodies over it, um, between, you know, nursing council, pharmaceutical council and medical council mm. um, as to, you know, what is the nurse doing kind of. Ally, you know, nurses have traditionally been in hospitals and what, what sure. are they now trying to do going, going into to pharmacies. Um, but, you know, I could just see that it was a wonderful platform to serve the community. So, yeah, that, that was a growing experience, having to navigate my way through all the politics of those respective bodies. <laughs> <And>
0: <laughs> I expect you're doing a lot of traveling then as well, hey?
1: Yes, I was. And that was
0: excellent. Yeah. So then what did you, did you then go from that into a, a nursing environment or did you remain staying in sort of the services part of the nursing profession? I guess it's all services.
1: um, (laughs) So I I was um, with the um, National Pharmaceutical Group for about four years Mm. and then I headed off to London and I went back to what actually is my first love, which is hospital nursing, and I nursed in a hospital in London for um, the next two years.
0: Okay. So you have had um, some quite fascinating experiences, I'm sure, what was that transition like between uh, nursing and your work here in South Africa, between what you experienced in London?
1: It, it was wonderful. I, I loved being back in, in hospital nursing. Um, I loved London. Um, I was very blessed in that I was living about a 10-minute walk from All Souls Church mm. and so immediately had a, a fantastic you know, Christian church body. And during that time, I became involved with um, the executive ministry. I don't know how and why the executive ministry, but the executive ministry of the Campus Crusade for Christ team in London. Okay. And um, towards the end of that, um, uh, those two years, they were running a mission in Russia, down the Volga, where they had a, a boat with 400 people on it that they were taking down from St. Petersburg all the way down to the Black Sea. Oh wow! And then they asked if I would um, come on board as as the resident nurse, and so I I had to resign my position in London, um, chatted to the matron of the hospital and said, you know, can I have an extended break and I'll be back. But at the end of that mission, which was a a fascinating experience, um, we, yeah, the Lord basically called me um, into full-time work and and I ended up actually joining Campus Crusade for Christ full-time.
0: Okay. So how long were you then in in Russia? Was that a, did you say a six-month stint?
1: It was just a seven-week mission.
0: Oh, seven weeks. Um, Okay.
1: yeah, Yeah. So it it was fascinating because, you know, it was very soon after um, things had opened up in Russia and there were some of the cities that we went into that we literally were the first foreigners that they had seen.
0: And so what year was this, Viv?
1: Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm thinking it was 96. Seven. Okay. 96, 97. Yeah, 96.
0: I'm just trying to put a historical perspective from, from uh, what I understand of, of world history at that time. So actually, Russia was quite open uh, during the 90s. I think there was quite, quite a move of the gospel in the late 90s, early 2000s, if I remember correctly. Yeah.
1: Right. So this was the late nineties and um we had a wonderful Finnish evangelist with us. Mm. And we um we'd arrive in a city and there were huge stadium um events. I mean, you know, they've got really big stadia in yeah. in Russia. Okay. And um, so we would uh, work with with the people. For many of them, it was the first time that they had heard the gospel because we were going to, to fairly remote mm-hmm. places. Um, and we also then worked with um, the doctors and nurses in the hospitals that we met. Um, we'd been given various medical supplies that we were able to take into the hospitals, which was hmm. fabulous. So, you know, we'd get to some places and they hadn't had insulin for six months, you know, and, oh, and wow. we were able to have insulin you know, stuff as basic as that. So, so you're yeah, serving.
0: Was, no, sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you're, you're serving with your, your background and your training in nursing on an evangelistic team in Russia is Is that pretty much what's going on?
1: Oh, pretty cool. <laughs>
0: wow, that's amazing. So then what happened? How, you were there for seven months, or sorry, seven weeks. and then um, what happened after that?
1: Well, I had planned to go back to London, but um at the end of that seven weeks, um, I was challenged to join Campus Crusade for Christ. Okay. Um, and I had a real tussle with the Lord over that one because, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't hadn't been part of my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the trip, I said, okay, Lord, if, if this is what you want, then I have resigned my job and you will have to open the doors for me. Mm-hmm. And the Lord did. And he sent me back to South Africa to train with the team at Fitz
0: in, okay. in Joe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic. So the, you're you're back in South Africa and you're now part of the Campus Crusade team. Uh, mm-hmm. What is, what does that look like or what did that look like at the time?
1: Pretty tough, I have to be honest. Mm. <laughs> I guess from, you know, living in London, uh, being my own person, doing my own thing, you part of a team on a university campus again, working with students and um, it, it was a tough, tough year um, mm. doing, you know, cold call evangelism around the campus. And my heart was still really in London. You know, it was like, Lord, wh- why? Um, yeah, so I was asking a lot of questions. And at the end of that year, um, I was asked to um, attend a, a sort of a manage- management forum. and. They were talking they had a very strong campus ministry at the time and they had a very strong executive ministry, but there wasn't anything in between. and very soon I found myself heading up a team uh, for young business people so transitioning between um, you know leaving varsity, entering the business world and um, kind of a bridge between their student ministry and their executive ministry.
0: so uh- did you you didn't use any of your nursing background at all at this time? Is that right?
1: No. So that was my leap out of nursing okay. and into um, missions and heading up a ministry to young business people.
0: <laughs> okay. So then what? I'm. I feel like this is this is quite fascinating. Um, <laughs> so you take a nursing sister and you throw her into mission, and all kinds of things happen. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah, so so I was then with uh, Campus Crusade for Christ for seven years, Tim. Okay. I, I feel like we're talking a lot about me here. This is
0: now this is um, what we're supposed to do, so <laughs> this is quite good.
1: Okay, so I was with them for um, seven years, the first on campus and and the next six years of heading up or putting together really a ministry to young business people. It was called Priority One Mm. and um, it was a very challenging but very wonderful six years. I absolutely loved working with young business people, helping them to um, find faith, helping those who were coming out of varsity, having um, having their Christian faith intact, but now being thrown into the business world, and you know all the challenges that 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 presented, having to find balance in their lives, having to navigate through you know sometimes very difficult waters, and we did a lot of. Uh, bringing in top business people to talk with them, to mentor them, to tell them how they'd done it. Hmm. Um, we ran a lot of events, lots of dinners and, you know, fun events for for young business people weekends away um, with good, solid teaching.
0: So that was, uh, I'd say we're probably into the late first decade of the twenty. Uh, 21st century, and and Mm -hmm. you're finishing up your time with Campus Crusade. What was the next step for you, Viv?
1: Okay, so um, Campus Crusade has a policy that um, if you are married, that you either both join or you both leave because – they believe that you know you both call together, or you're not. Okay. And so it was at that time that um, I was getting married, hmm. and um, uh, late in my life, obviously, because I've been uh, the Lord didn't didn't bring Steve, my husband, into my life until um, we were both, you know, older than <laughs> than most. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so that was wonderful, and mm-hmm. um, so I ended up uh, leaving campus at that time. And um, yeah, the Lord kind of gave me a year of doing interesting things, um, working for the Institute of of CAs in um, the Continuing Education Department, heading that up for a bit. And then, um, when I when I was with Priority One, I had the privilege of of one of the young business people that I was involved with was Garth Jefford. You you may know his name. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Garth started during that time that I was with Priority One. He started Soul City, hmm. and um, then at the End of my my time with Priority One, he was launching, wanted to launch Heartlines. Um, if you're familiar with the Heartlines program at all.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> tremendous. <laughs> yeah.
1: So Garth phoned me up one day and said, um, so I need someone to start Heartlines with me. Um you consider it. And um after some prayer and so on that was what was the next step and so um from yeah nursing to missions to (laughs) the heartlines (laughs) and wow um, yeah yeah, so i guess i was was the first employee of heartlines
0: (laughs) this is all fascinating viv i had no idea Um, I'm just amazed at how God has continued to move you along. So then you and Steve eventually ended up in Howick. There might've been Mm -hmm. some other parts of that journey that I've, I've skipped through, but, um, so Heartlines, did you stay with Heartlines for a while or are you still with Heartlines? I'm not even sure, to be honest.
1: Um, I, I did stay with them for a while, even after we'd moved down to the Midlands, we moved down for family reasons, And we moved on because of Steve's work. Hmm. Um, And yeah, I continued going backwards and forwards uh, to Joburg for a while. I'm still um, associated with Heartlines, put it that way. Um, I I have the greatest respect for Garth and for all that they're doing and um, have continued to do a little bit of work for them along the way. Hmm. Um, But priorities have been shifted to, um, to children and raising um, my kids and new elderly parents who've been ill and, you know, all of those things that sure. happen along the way. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Heartlines, uh, our, our podcast here is called Stories That Shape Us. Heartlines is so good at helping people tell their story. And just helping absolutely. all of us to listen. I've uh, obviously Brian Helsby has a long history with Scripture Union. Spoke with Brad Anderson yesterday around heartlines and storytelling and what that looks like. So it's quite mm-hmm. fascinating. So well done. That's uh, such an amazing program and ministry here.
1: It would, and, yeah, it's really wonderful how God has had his hand on it and um, how he's grown it and, um, and used and continues to use it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So now I I know for a fact you're on the Scripture Union Regional Executive, which is quite exciting. Uh, you're also um, a, a mother to high school teenagers, which is um, also exciting. With um, lots of different things that you're dealing with, I'm sure in the midst of COVID and all of the well, in many ways, chaos that's that's going on in our society because of, of this. What are some of the challenges that you're facing and engaging? Um, here we are. It's September. We just started September. Um, right. We're in lockdown level two, but there are still significant challenges ahead of us. What are some of those things that you're focused on, Viv?
1: Well, um, Tim, so I guess we're kind of getting back to – Quote unquote normal, Um, (laughs) with kids going back to school after having been schooled online, um, having, you know, Steve at home running his business from home for the first, uh, you know, level five. Mm. Um, We have been enormously blessed through the lockdown. And I say that um gently because I know that for many people it has been an enormous struggle and, and yeah. I don't, you know, lighten that in any way. Um, I think for us as a family it has been an extraordinarily blessed time. I think our lives were very frenetic going into the lockdown. And it provided us with a window of time to kind of stand back and say, is this who we want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, do we want to have this kind of level of freneticism? Um, kids who are very sporty and involved in absolutely everything. Um, you know, kids who are having these enormously long days with their school commitments, etc. Is—is this really the people that God wants us to be? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's provided a time just to sort of step back and say, you know, we need to get quiet again. We need to create space to be able to hear the Lord and to spend time in His Word and to really dig down deep and invest in in family um, and family togetherness and family time rather than... The, the stuff that we've been sucked into by the world and by, the, dare I say it, by the schooling system, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And and so for me, that's been a very precious time. Um, I've seen enormous growth in my children as a result. Mm. Um, I've seen them become quite considered, you know, kind of step back and, and – look at things quite critically and and for my daughter particularly saying I, I don't think this is how I want to live my life anymore hmm. um, and, and making some changes uh, that mean that she's got more space for herself which I think is healthy
0: and what are you finding obviously you know some of the challenges that scripture union is going through and as you mm-hmm. serve on the regional executive for KZN you guys are uh, front line of trying to see what it looks like for Scripture Union to move into schools. How how has that been for you?
1: Sure. Um, Tim, I have such respect for the work that Garland and Kyle and Nair and, and everybody are doing. Um, I think they've been amazing in hmm. um, maintaining relationships and, and continuing with work under very difficult circumstances. I have to be honest, I, I'm not fully affair with, you know, all that's going on. I know that the um, the chaplain's um, ministry is opening up, which is, is fantastic. Hmm. Uh, fundraising, uh, that's sort of my portfolio. Um, along with, <laughs> Thank with, you. <laughs> and and I think we need to really think through um, different ways of doing it. And I'm quite excited about that because I think that there are, better ways. I think they're more efficient mm. ways of, yeah. of doing things. Yeah. You know, just reading in Matthew this, this, this morning, um, I need to find my glasses. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that, that we can't serve both God and money. And the next word is, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, etc., and, and just God saying again, you know, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And and just kind of an affirmation, a sense from the Lord that he's got this. You know, yeah. he's not short of money. He's never mm. been short of money. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and we stress about it. And, and then the words, um, you know, you have little faith, um, but further on. Ask your father because he will give you all the things. He knows what you need and he will give you those things. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess just that reaffirmation that, that yeah, God is, is in control and he's never short of money, never been short of money, and he will provide for all the needs of the ministry, for all the needs of the individual yeah. team um i've seen so faithfully in my own life
0: that's probably a good place for us to end this morning viv I, I don't think we can close in any better way than just recognizing that it all comes from god and that we're sure. just uh moving in accordance with what he's calling us to do and he'll provide for us if we're heading in that mm-hmm. direction so mm-hmm. this has been really wonderful um I've learned a lot about you this morning, Viv. That's uh, been fascinating and just exciting to see how God has moved and stirred you and and just brought you on the journey that has kept you going in very diverse uh, directions. It seems like in some ways, but how He's uh, moved you. So, mm-hmm. thank you for spending time with me today. I think this has been wonderful. You're listening to an episode of Stories That Shape Us, and Viv De Klerk has been spending time with me just chatting through what that has looked like for her. So thank you, Viv. Have a great rest of the day. And I hope to catch up with you again sometime soon. Thank you. Thanks very much. And we'll chat again soon.